Good morning and welcome to the Sunday, January 28th episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I'm Wayne Floyd, your host. The Faith Comes From Hearing podcast is a podcast dedicated to prayer, devotion, scripture reading, and Bible study. The Faith Comes From Hearing podcast is a humble member of the Christian podcast community. You can find us over at christianpodcastcommunity.org. There's a lot of great listening over there, over 60 well-curated podcasts, wide, wide variety of topic areas, all covered from a biblical worldview. My brothers and sisters in Christ over there doing a great, great job of covering these things and of doing the work of the kingdom. Um, I would definitely encourage you to go on over there. I will guarantee you, you're going to find something over there you want to listen to. And there's a very real probability that you're going to find more over there to listen to than you actually have time to listen to it in. And I say that from experience. All right. Well, with it being Sunday, again, we won't be doing Bible study today, but we will be doing our regular prayer, devotion, and scripture reading. So let's go ahead and jump right in. I'm sure you guys, um, if you're physically able, will be getting ready for church if you haven't attended already this weekend. Um, and I know I need to be, but um, didn't get this recorded last night, was doing some other stuff and kind of, kind of lazed off a little bit to be honest. And sometimes I need to just to spend time with my wife. So, um, yeah, sometimes, you know, you got to take care of family too, but so I'm doing this early this morning. Um, so let's go ahead and let's jump right in. So we're going to do, uh, let's see, we're going to, our opening prayer this morning is going to be the Lord's day morning prayer from Valley of vision. Let's pray. O maker and upholder of all things day and night are thine. They are also mine from thee the night to rid me of the cares of the day to refresh my weary body, to renew my natural strength, the day to summon me to new activities, to give me opportunity to glorify thee, to serve my generation, to acquire knowledge, holiness, eternal life. But one day above all days is made especially for thy honor and my improvement. The Sabbath reminds me of thy rest from creation, of the resurrection of my Savior, of his entering into repose. Thy house is mine, but I am unworthy to meet thee there, and am unfit for spiritual service. When I enter it, I come before thee as a sinner, condemned by conscience and thy word. For I am still in the body and in the wilderness, ignorant, weak, in danger, and in need of thine aid. But encouraged by thy all-sufficient grace, let me go to thy house with a lively hope of meeting thee, knowing that there thou wilt come to me and give me peace. My soul is drawn out to thee in longing desires. For thy presence in the sanctuary at the table, where all are entertained on a feast of good things. Let me, before the broken elements, emblems of thy dying love, cry to thee with broken heart for grace and forgiveness. I long for that blissful communion of thy people, in thy eternal house, in the perfect kingdom. These are they that follow the Lamb. May I be of their company. Amen. All right, our morning devotion from Spurgeon's Morning and Evening for January 28th. Uh, the text for it is from Colossians 1.28, Perfect in Christ Jesus. Do you not feel in your own soul that perfection is not in you? Does not every day teach you that? Every tear which trickles from your eye weeps imperfection. Every harsh word which proceeds from your lips, from your lip, mutters imperfection. You have too frequently had a view of your own heart to dream for a moment of any imperfection any perfection in yourself. But amidst this sad consciousness of imperfection, here is comfort for you. You are perfect in Christ Jesus. In God's sight, you are complete in him. Even now you are accepted in the beloved. But there is a second perfection yet to be realized, which is sure to all the seed. 
Is it not delightful to look forward to the time when every stain of sin shall be removed from the believer, and he shall be presented faultless before the throne, without spot or wrinkle, or any such thing? The church of Christ then will be so pure that not even the eye of omniscience will see a spot or blemish in her, so holy and so glorious, that heart did not go beyond the truth when he said, With my Savior's garments on, holy as the Holy One. Then shall we know and taste and feel the happiness of this vast but short sentence, complete in Christ. Not till then shall we fully comprehend the heights and depths of the salvation of Jesus. Doth not thy heart leap for joy at the thought of it? Black as thou art, thou shalt be white one day. Filthy as thou art, thou shalt be clean. Oh, it is a marvelous salvation, this. Christ takes a worm and transforms it into an angel. Christ takes a black and deformed thing and makes it clean and matchless in his glory, peerless in his beauty, and fit to be, compa be the companion of seraphs. O oh, my soul, stand and admire this blessed truth of perfection in Christ. All right. Now to our scripture reading. And hang on a minute. I need a little bit of coffee here. Didn't want to slurp in your ear there. All right, so we're going to be reading, uh, let's see, Exodus 5, verse 22. So it's almost the end of the chapter through all of Exodus 7. Then Matthew 18, verse 21 through Matthew 19, verse 12. Psalm 23, Proverbs 5, and, and also Proverbs 5, 22 and 23. So that's the end of that chapter as well. So Exodus 5, 22, hear the word of the Lord. Then Moses returned to Yahweh and said, O Lord, why have you brought them brought harm to this people? Why did you ever send me? Ever since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done harm to this people, and you have not delivered your people at all. Then Yahweh said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for by a strong hand he will let them go, and by a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. God spoke further to Moses and said to him, I am Yahweh, and I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name Yahweh, I was not known to them. And I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they sojourned. Further, I have heard the groaning of the sons of Israel, because the Egyptians are holding them in slavery, and I have remembered my covenant. Say therefore to the sons of Israel, I am Yahweh, and I will bring you out from under the hard labors of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from their slavery. I will also redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. Then I will take you for my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am Yahweh your God, who brought you out from under the hard labors of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land which I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and I will give it to you for a possession. I am Yahweh. So Moses spoke thus to the sons of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses on account of their weakness of spirit and hard slavery. Now Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Come, tell Pharaoh king of Egypt to let the sons of Israel go out of his land. But Moses spoke before Yahweh, saying, Behold, the sons of Israel have not listened to me. How then will Pharaoh listen to me? For I am of uncircumcised lips. Then Yahweh spoke to Moses and to Aaron and gave them a command for the sons of Israel and for Pharaoh king of Egypt to bring the sons of Israel out of the land of Egypt. These are the heads of their father's households, the sons of Reuben, Israel's firstborn, Hanak and Pelu, Hezron and Carmi. These are the families of Reuben, the sons of Simeon, 
Jemuel, and Jamin, and Ohad, and Jachin, and Zohar, and Shaal, the son of a Canaanite woman. These are the families of Simeon. These are the names of the sons of Levi according to their generations, Gershon, and Kohath, and Merari. And the years of Levi's life were 137 years. The sons of Gershon, Libni, and Shemi, according to their families, the sons of Kohath, Amram, and Ishar, and Hebron, and Uziel, and the years of Kohath's life were 133 years. The sons of Merari, Mali, and Mushi. These are the families of the Levites according to their generations. And Amram took his father's sister Joshebed as a wife, and she bore him Aaron, and Moses, and the, son, and the years of Amram's life were 137 years. The sons of Ishar, Korah, and Nepheg, and Zikri, the sons of Uziel, Mishael, Mishael, and Elzaphan, and Zithri. And Aaron took Elishaba, the daughter of Aminadab, the sister of Nashon, as a wife, and she bore him Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar. The sons of Korah, Aser, and Elkanah, and Abiasaph, these are the families of the Korahites. And Aaron's son Eleazar took one of the daughters of Putiel as a wife, and she bore him Phinehas. These are the heads of the father's households of the Levites according to their families. It was the same Aaron and Moses to whom Yahweh said, Bring out the sons of Israel from the land of Egypt according to their hosts. They were the ones who spoke to Pharaoh king of Egypt to bring out the sons of Israel from Egypt. It was the same Moses and Aaron. Now it happened on the day when Yahweh spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, that Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, I am Yahweh, speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I am speaking to you. But Moses said before Yahweh, Behold, I am of uncircumcised lips. How then will Pharaoh listen to me? Exodus 7 Then Yahweh said to Moses, See, I set you as God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and your brother Aaron shall speak to Pharaoh, that he let the sons of Israel go out of his land. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart with stiffness, that I may multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh will not listen to you, and I will set my hand upon Egypt and bring out my hosts, my people, the sons of Israel, from the land of Egypt by great judgments. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am Yahweh, when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring out the sons of Israel from their midst. So Moses and Aaron did it as Yahweh commanded them. Thus they did. Now Moses was eighty years old, and Aaron eighty-three years old, when they spoke to Pharaoh. Pharaoh, excuse me. And Yahweh spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Work a miraculous wonder, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh, that it may become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron came to Pharaoh, and thus they did, just as Yahweh had commanded. And Aaron threw his staff down before Pharaoh and his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called for the wise men and the sorcerers, and they also, the magicians of Egypt, did the same with their secret arts. And each one threw down his staff, and they became serpents, but Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Yet Pharaoh's heart was hardened with strength, and he did not listen to them as Yahweh had spoken. Then Yahweh and said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard with firmness. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning as he is going out to the water and station yourself to meet him on the bank of the Nile. And you shall take in your hand the staff that was turned into a serpent. And you shall say to him, Yahweh, the God of the Hebrews, sent me to you, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness. But behold, you have not listened until now. 
Thus says Yahweh, By this you shall know that I am Yahweh. Behold, I am about to strike the water that is in the Nile with the staff that is in my hand, and it will be turned to blood, and the fish that are in the Nile will die, and the Nile will become foul, and the Egyptians will be weary of drinking water from the Nile. Then Yahweh said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over their rivers, over their streams, and over their pools, and over all their reservoirs of water, that they may become blood, and there will be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. So Moses and Aaron did thus, as Yahweh had commanded, and he raised up the staff and struck the water that was in the Nile, in the sight of Pharaoh, and in the sight of his servants, and all the water that was in the Nile was turned to blood. And the fish that were in the Nile died, and the Nile became foul, so that the Egyptians could not drink water from the Nile. And the blood was through all the land of Egypt. Yet the magicians of Egypt did the same with their secret arts, and Pharaoh's heart was hardened with strength, and he did not listen to them, as Yahweh had spoken." Then Pharaoh turned and went into his house, and he did not set his heart even on this. So all the Egyptians dug around the Nile for water to drink, for they could not drink of the water of the Nile. And seven full days passed after Yahweh had struck the Nile. Matthew 18, starting in verse 21. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. For this reason the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wishes to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, one who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. But since he did not have the means to repay, his lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children, and all that he had and repayment be to be made. Therefore the slave fell to the ground and was prostrating himself before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. And feeling compassion, the lord of that slave released him and forgave him his debt. But that slave went out and, the, and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him one hundred denarii. And denarii, excuse me. And he seized him and began to choke him, saying, "Pay back what you owe." So his fellow slaves fell to, fellow slave fell to the ground and was pleading with him, saying, "Have patience with me, and I will repay you." But he was unwilling and went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, his lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your hearts. Matthew 19 verses 1 through 12. Now it happened that when Jesus had finished these words, he departed from Galilee and came into the region of Judea beyond the Jordan, and large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. And some Pharisees came to Jesus, testing him and saying, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? And he answered and said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. They said to him, Why then did Moses command to give her a certificate of divorce and send her away? 
He said to them, because of your hardness of heart, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was, it has not been this way. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. The disciples said to him, if the relationship of the man with his wife is like this, it is better not to marry. But he said to them, not all men can accept this statement, but only those to whom it has been given. For these are the eunuchs, I'm sorry, for there are eunuchs who were born that way from their mother's womb, and there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men, and there are also eunuchs who made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. He who is able to accept this, let him accept it. Psalm 23, a Psalm of David. Yahweh is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of Yahweh forever. And finally, Proverbs 5, verses 22 and 23. His own iniquities will capture him who is the wicked one, and with the cords of his sin he will be held fast. He will die for lack of discipline, and in the abundance of his folly he will stumble in intoxication. All right, that is our reading for the day. And our closing um, devotion here, um, again, is from Glorifying God, a book by Thomas Watson. And let's see, sorry, it's kind of early morning here, and my it's the, the, the pages for this are not white pages. They're a colored page, and it's supposed to be decorative, and it's very, very nice, but it can be hard to read. Um, give me just a second. All right. I have a way to read this. And sorry for this. I, I, I thought I'd be able to. I did yesterday, but I, yeah, of course, it was a little later in day and I had more light coming in from outside, which helps to light this room up. This room does not have an overhead light in it. Um, so sometimes trying to read in here can be a little tough. My wife one time did a Bible study in here and it really, we actually had to bring certain lamps down from other parts of the house. So her, her, ladies could actually see what they were studying. Oh, that's much better. Okay. So here we go. This is the January 28th, uh, devotion from glorifying God by Thomas Watson. And this says, uh, the title for it is glorify God and suffering. And the text is Philippians 129 for to you, it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. We glorify God by seeking to convert others and so make them instruments of glorifying God. We should be diamonds and lodestones, diamonds for the beautiful luster of grace and lodestones for attractive virtue in drawing others to Christ. We glorify God in a high degree when we suffer for God and seal the gospel with our blood. When thou shalt be old, another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou shalt thou sorry, thou wouldst, wouldst not. This spake Jesus, signifying by what death Peter should glorify God. That's in John 21, verses 18 and 19. God's glory shines in the ashes of his, his martyrs. Isaiah was sawn asunder. Paul beheaded. Luke hanged on an olive tree. Thus did they, by their death, glorify God. 
the sufferings of primitive saints honored God and made the gospel famous in the world. The glory of Christ's kingdom does not stand in worldly pomp and grandeur as other kings, but it is seen in the cheerful sufferings of his people. The saints of old love not their lives to death, Revelation 12.11. They embrace torments as so many, as so many crowns. God grant we may thus glorify him if he calls us to it. Many pray, let this cup pass away, but few, thy will be done. Wow. Yeah, that kind of lays that out. What we should be praying is, Lord, is that thy will be done. Um, as Jesus was praying, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, even as he knew that he was about to be beaten to where he was unrecognizable, scourged, whipped to the point where the bones in his back showed through, maligned, reviled, and then crucified. So, you know, <laughs> but his prayer before that was, thy will be done, knowing that that was what was coming. And even on the cross, then, you know, hey, you know, you know, they know not what they do. So, all right. Well, that was our reading for today. Thank you for spending this time with me. Uh, again, I hope you're getting ready to go. If you haven't already worshiped with the saints this, this weekend, I hope you're getting ready for it this morning. Um, if for some reason you're physically unable to, please join us. We will be live streaming on Facebook at Vail Valley Baptist Church and on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it at at VVB Church. So please join us. We'll be streaming at 1230 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, let's see. Pastor Jay is in John chapter, or not John, sorry. I'm doing going through John um, in Matthew chapter 13. So it should be a wonderful, wonderful message. Very much looking forward to it. Um, I would also say to you, if you did not hear last week's message, you need to go back and find it. I haven't yet gotten to the point where I'm going to grab the, I, I do have the audio where I'm going to post the audio here on the podcast, but I'm looking to post the audio of his sermon here on the podcast, as well as a special episode, because it's that important to hear. Um, and once I get it up here, I want y'all to take it and spread it far and wide. It's a message that we all need to hear that we as Christians need to hear in this world today. All right. So again, if you can't physically worship with the saints this weekend, please join us on our live stream. All right. Well, I hope you have yourself a wonderful day. I would continue to implore you to do all that you do for the glory of God. And I hope to see you tomorrow morning as we get back into our reading and Bible study. Let's go ahead and close out with the Lord's Day evening prayer. Let's pray. Most holy God, may the close of an earthly Sabbath remind me that the last of them will one day end. Animate me with joy that in heaven praise will never cease, that adoration will continue forever, that no flesh will grow weary, no congregations disperse, no affections flag, no thoughts wander, no will droop, but all will be adoring love. Guard my mind from making ordinances my stay or trust, from hewing out broken cisterns, from resting on outward helps. Wing me through earthly forms to thy immediate presence. May my feeble prayers show me the emptiness and vanity of my sins. Deepen in me the convictions that my most fervent prayers and most lowly confessions need to be repented of. May my best services bring me nearer to the cross and prompt me to cry none but Jesus. By thy spirit give abiding life to the lessons of this day. May the seed sown take deep root and yield a full harvest. 
Let all who see me take knowledge that I have been with thee, that thou hast taught me my need as a sinner, hast revealed a finished salvation to me, hast enriched me with all spiritual blessings, hast chosen me to show forth Jesus to others, hast helped me to dispel the mists of unbelief. O great, great creator, mighty protector, gracious preserver, thou dost load me with loving kindnesses and hast made me thy purchase possession and redeemed me from all guilt. I praise and bless thee for my Sabbath rest, my calm conscience, my peace of heart. Amen. All right, again, I hope you have yourself a wonderful day and I hope to see you tomorrow morning. Have a good one. God bless.